0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you.
1: Hi, my name's Tilly and this is why we can have a hope and a future. When I was given the title of a hope and a future, I instantly thought of the story of Noah's Ark. I find that it's often underused. We're used to seeing it in jigsaws or baby toys. But as I was reading through it, I noticed the parallels between the pandemic and the flood. Whilst there are some clear differences, like the virus hasn't been sent from God, their experiences were similar. First, obviously, there's the isolation of living in a boat for around 150 days without visiting friends or going outdoors. Genesis 7 says, On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, entered the ark. It later says the animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. I mean, can you imagine lasting 150 days without Netflix or Zoom calls for entertainment? I can imagine them cooped up in the boat, snacking constantly and arguing with each other over whose turn it was to clear out the elephant cage. If it were me, I'd be tempted to kick them off. The second parallel is more obvious, the disaster. Our world has faced huge economic threat. Many lives have sadly been lost, and there's still a huge recovery. However, we do have some advantages. We're blessed to have technology, for example, being able to contact the people we love. We're also seeing the nation come together and support each other, whether it's providing food for the less fortunate, or celebrating those who continue to work day in and day out to keep our country going. I wonder if Noah and his family looked for the things to be positive about. I wonder if even in the overwhelming fear and misery of the crisis that Noah was strong in his faith, trusted God and had hope that he would make a way. Right back to the beginning of the story it said that God told Noah I have found you righteous in this generation which must have given him the courage to do something so heroic. This made me wonder how God views me in my generation and if I am living a life that enables him to use me despite my imperfections as well as if I am ready and open to allow him to do so. In the media, we've seen people changing their lifestyle, starting new fitness programs and hobbies, but how are you using this time to grow spiritually? To use your free time to change your habits and lean into God's word? I doubt this was Noah's priority at the time, but I'm sure that after all the chaos settled, he realized what a valuable lesson that was for him. Another parallel I noticed is at the end of the story where glimpses of hope arise. After the tiresome 40 days of destruction, Noah sent out a dove in the hope that the water was receding to the ground. He played the waiting game for many days until finally the dove returned with an olive branch to show the flood had dried. It wasn't over though, they were still left with uncertainty. The journey between receiving the olive branch and landing on safe ground could not have been easy for the family. What will the new normal look like? How do we get there? And how do we recover from what's happened? I can imagine Noah and his family letting out a huge sigh of relief as they landed, as they stepped off the ark, grateful that they persisted and followed God's word constantly. What's your olive branch? What are you looking for to give you hope? Maybe it's lots of things. Maybe you've already seen your olive branch and you're in that waiting stage for the final destination like Noah. Your olive branch could be hugging your grandkids, McDonald's reopening, or being in the C3 centre again. To throw another similarity in there, the iconic rainbow sent by God signifies the end of Noah's ordeal and sends a promise for the future. The same rainbow was used in our crisis as an optimistic symbol in their windows as they looked for a sign of hope. God recognised Noah as someone who could cope with the challenge, so despite the difficulties Noah stayed strong in faith, actively talked to listen to God. He knew what signs he needed to see for confirmation. What sign is God trying to give you to provide hope for your future?
2: Hi, I'm one year and I have a Bible verse I'd like to share with you jeremiah 29 verse 11 for i know i have plans for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future so when i first read the verse i just i don't know it made me feel like oh god has a plan for all of us sort of thing and then like all the stuff that we go through like death you know what i'm saying like people leaving us um i'm sort of thing it's all like character building things that god has to put us through to become the people we are and that may alter like, what we do in our life. For example, like, say, some, say someone like me wanted to go into politics, God may put me through certain situations so that when I get to uh, a, a stage in my life, reflecting the situations, I'll do something big, hopefully. It's even better when we share hope to those around us. For example, like prophesying over people. So this is when the Spirit speaks out of us into people. As Christians, we believe this is a powerful um, gift from God that people have, as it can really um, show people what they're capable of and what God has planned for them. What I want to leave you with today is that God has a plan for all of you. Now, Nowadays, as I, as I talk to a lot of people, people are always worried about the future, Like even in church, in college, everywhere, everyone's always worried about the future. And what people need to realise is that God's plans um, are going to work the best for you like, in your life. But, God's plans, because God is not human, he's, not, he's like supernatural. It's like his plans won't make sense to us, obviously. Some of his plans may come in horrible circumstances and great circumstances, but what we understand is that the things he puts us through and the plans he has for us is the best for us and that we should just use that and just run with it.
0: Hi, Anto and I have a word on hope for you today. Hope. We all have hope, or at least we've all had an experience of hope. I'm sure we can all think of a time where we have hoped for something to happen or faith for a desired outcome. But what does the Bible say about hope? Well, one example is Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, when reading that, we need to understand the context of what was happening at the time. This to be very broad and brief, but what was happening was the Israelites were misbehaving really badly and they were disobeying God. So God decided to punish them by sending them to live in exile in a city called Babylon. Now God said, you're gonna be here for 70 years and 70 years is a long time. So people started to lose hope. They started to lose faith. They just wanted everything to go back to normal. They wanted to go home. That is when God said to them, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But what we sometimes need to understand is that our plans aren't always necessarily God's plans. The Israelites, they wanted to go home. They wanted everything to go back to normal right then. And that's, that's what they wanted, but that wasn't God's plan for them at the time. And that's okay because God is looking out for us. There is a hope. There is a future. And that may not come right now, but we need to put our trust in him. Now what I find interesting is the definition of hope, which is a feeling of trust. To have hope, we've got to have trust and faith. It's easy to lose faith, but it's also easy to put your trust in God and say, I trust you. Now Hebrews 4:12 says the word of God is alive and active. The word of God is alive and active, and although stories in the Bible may not necessarily always relate to our exact situation all the time, they can still apply to us in our lives. The Bible doesn't have an expiry date. The word of God doesn't have a best before. Faith doesn't just run out. Faith isn't exclusive. Faith is inclusive and faith is for everyone and God loves you. And that's something I need to be reminded of myself sometimes but I don't know who needs to hear this right now but God loves you. There is a hope, there is a future. To conclude really quickly, God has a plan for you. We can have hope, we can have a future and we can have faith. Your turning point could be next year or it could be tomorrow but faith and hope is what will keep us going. Hi,
3: my name is Elsie, and today I'm gonna give you a bit of encouragement on how and why we can have a hope and a future, because in this strange time when life has pretty much been put on hold, thinking about the future and having a hope for that future kind of seems out of the question. So how do we have hope in these hopeless times? Well, first thing to do is always look to our Bible. And in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Everybody puts their hope in something and today's culture's hope is pretty grim it's empty it's inconsistent it's always changing and so we often find that the things we're putting our hope in are only fleeting so they're short term and they're not gonna keep us going in the long run but that does sound pretty rubbish doesn't it but the point is the living hope that peter talks about and this totally contradicts that because the foundation of this hope is in the resurrection of jesus christ so it continues into the present, and endures all through the future. This hope is alive and consistent and living and active and energising, which is unlike any other hope that we will ever find if we put our hope in things in the Earth. But, what does that mean? How do we apply that to our day-to-day lives? How can we receive this hope in times when everything is pretty rubbish? Well, the tough times I've had to learn are when we need to lean on our faith the most. And this living hope that Peter talks about means that we actually don't need to put our hope in anything on the earth because God is sufficient and far more fulfilling than anything that this earth can throw at us. Um, And although... Something or someone might give us hope in the short term think about how much greater the fulfillment will be when we put our hope in the one who created all those things that we enjoy and This means remembering and reminding ourselves that God has a plan for you. God has a a, a hope for you. God has a future for you. God has a purpose for you and He wants to bring his light to those around you through you in whatever field of life. He has called you to be into and You might not know what that is right now, but it's the daily trusting and leaning in on God, regardless of how you feel or whatever you're thinking, that helps you determine what God has in store for you, helps you experience this living hope, and helps you come closer to the one who created you. So when circumstances overwhelm you, focus to Jesus, look for encouragement in his word, and be reminded of what is yours in Christ.